Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Hey, God bless the Lord's favor, grace, and blessing. Uh, be upon all of you. And I want to talk to you today about do demons transfer among bodies during deliverance sessions and during altar calls. Today we're going to kind of discuss is it actually biblical? Is it a kingdom principle or is it a storefront church superstition? Because many of the fallacies of the deliverance ministry uh, can be rooted and traced a lot not all, but a lot in storefront churches um, where there is not a lot of heavy accountability. Many storefront pastors don't have some formal training or many of them um, are, is a mixture of kingdom, non-denomination, ultra conservative doctrine and then superstition and voodoo and a bunch of other stuff that gives deliverance actually a bad name. All right. So let's jump into this topic. Let me ask you, man, uh, during deliverance or during a deliverance a session that once the demon comes out of the body does it jump inside other rebellious uh, people within the congregation those of you that grew up at church were you under the persuasion that the predominant thought uh, in your congregation uh, was that during when demons manifested were you told Close your eyes. Many of you have would, were told, close your eyes because the demon could get in your eyes, you know. Or the pastor would say things or the a woman of God would say things uh, like, you know, uh, you better get your life right or the demons in them will jump into you. We're going to address this biblically. I'm here to tell you that there is no biblical foundation, no theological persuasion that lends to the idea that such is the case. I'm here to tell you that that is nothing but uh, unlearned Christian superstition. There's no biblical uh, verses that support that. There is none. That statement is purely coming from a experiential, sensational persuasion and line of thinking based or built upon either someone's dreams uh, or someone's personal experiences of things that they have seen but cannot be found through the pages of scripture. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you that the Bible says the opposite. Turn with me to the book of Mark 
chapter 5. We're going to address this today. We believe in and adhere to sola scriptura, which means, and it is the sole authority for all faith and conduct. Look at Mark chapter 5. I'm going to put this to rest. I'm here to tell you, as an authorized voice with over 400 deliverance sessions to my resume, to God be the glory, that there has never been, not even once, that line of thinking is superstition and it could be, it could be either perpetuated through ignorance or a, a, a fear tactic by pastors who are looking to have some sort of fear and control of their congregation. Mark chapter 5 discusses about a man who is possessed with at least 2,000 demons. Legion. All right. The Bible says that oftentimes they would try to do counseling. They would try to do uh, what they considered a mental institution, which would, which was none other than binding him in chains. The Bible says he would break them asunder, which means that the chains could not hold this man. He was completely dominated, living in the cemetery. He was in the cemetery because the people put him there. The city put him there. Are you guys following? Okay, so it wasn't because the demons like to hang out in the cemeteries, which they do, but the demon and the kingdom of darkness want to manifest themselves. You can't manifest yourself in a cemetery. You want to be where there is the most action. I would dare say in this time, during the time of Jesus, they would want to be in church, Jerusalem, the temple. That's where they would be. Oh, the book of Revelation talks about the city of Jerusalem is a habitation of devils, also called Sodom and also called Egypt. The Bible says that Jesus was on the other side of the lake of the Sea of Galilee, just finished feeding 5,000, got in a ship and told the disciples, let's go to the other side. On his way to the other side, on his way to the other side, a storm came up, right? A storm came up. This is different than the storm where Jesus walked on the water. This is where Jesus actually looked up and said, Aphatha. Which means he said, be open. Now, what, what was what was Jesus letting us know? That this storm was caused by demonic powers. The demonic powers, the prince of the power of the air that was over that region was trying to block Jesus and the disciples from getting to the other side. So when he looked up and said, be open, he was actually regulating the heavens. Okay, that's another topic. Powerful. Now watch this. When Jesus arrived to the other side, the Bible says this and it is actually hidden. It is actually literally hidden in the text, right? Look what it says. And he replied with a shriek. He screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, do not torture me. Look at verse eight. Look what verse eight here says. Let me just show you actually what happened on the way to uh, the region of the Decapolis, the city of the Ten Towns. Watch this. Look at verse 8. It says, For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Watch this. That means when he said, Ephatha, be open, he was also, listen, he was also rebuking. So by the time Jesus got to the other side, he had already rebuked the demon. Which is why when the man came to Jesus, he worshiped first. Why? Because Jesus had opened up his cloud of darkness enough space to actually have and use his human will to be able to invite Jesus to come in. So when he said, be open. Not only was he opening the heavens, but he was opening enough space in the man 
So that way there would be enough room for the man to get out of his reprobate and get out of his delusion and know that that's Jesus and by his own volition and will bow down and worship. And that's what the text says. It says he bowed down and worship. Did you catch that? And then Jesus went right into addressing the unit leader, the sergeant in charge, the lieutenant, or rather Jesus rebuked the lieutenant in the clouds. And now he's dealing with the sergeant. Did you catch what I just said? Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Okay, look at this. The what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits, watch this. Then the evil spirits, verse 10, 11 and 12 are the context for me to confront this theological fallacy that when demons are manifesting, uh, they jump from person to person or whoever's in rebellion. Watch this. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again or requesting. Watch this. Watch this. And said this. Look, look what it says. Not to send them in some distant place. Look at this. Verse 11. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs. The spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. An entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Okay, what does this got to do with the opening uh, subject line? Did you catch what I'm saying? Of this particular periscope and this line of thinking that during deliverance sessions or when demons are manifesting, if you don't get right, the demons are going to jump into you. This verse right here lets us know that demons cannot enter a body even if they are rebellious. The vessel still has to invite them in. You know how I know? Because why didn't the demons ask to go into the rebellious people who were about to kick out Jesus? They requested to go to the pigs. Let us go into those pigs. Let us enter them. Why did Jesus allow it? Right? Because animals, they cannot choose. They are purely instinctual animals. Watch this. I'm going to show you this revelation about free will. You can take a pig. Have them be raised with dogs, the pig will still be a pig. Take a child and raise them with pigs, the child will act like a pig. Why? We can choose to be what we see. The demons had to ask permission for animals. Why didn't they ask permission for people? Or how about going to the shepherds that were uh, hurting those swine? Because demons cannot ask permission to go into a person. Listen, that violates the dictates of the courtroom of heaven. Demons cannot ask permission to go into people. The person has to give them permission to enter people.
So there is no such thing as a demon coming out of a person. Nobody in their right mind would be in the crowd in the middle of a deliverance session talking about come into me demons, come into me demons, come on devil, come into me. This ain't the exorcist. Come into me. Remember that scene in the movie? And guess what happened? The devil came right up and he threw himself out the window. It is illegal in the spirit realm and the Bible gives no precedence to that. Look at this. The furthest they can go with permission of Jesus is animals, not human bodies. Second reason why that is not theolo that it is theologically impossible is because Jesus is not a monster. Our Jesus is not a cruel monster that just allows a demon to cast out and then tells them, yeah, go into so-and-so over there so that they can learn a lesson. You know how I know that's not Bible? I'm glad that you asked. Now, look what the book, look what the book of Matthew chapter 5 says. It says, for he causes his reign to fall on the just and on the unjust. Wait a second. This lets me know that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, the eternal Godhead, the deity, the most high God, Elohim, capital E, L-O-R-D, transliterated, all caps, from the original 1611 that was translated by the original Texas Receptus that was translated by the original autographs by the early church. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. The Bible says that God is so good even to the unjust. You know how I know? Because you and I were unjust. Before we came to Christ. Listen to what I'm saying. And any demon that was in our life was not sent there by Jesus. We invited the devil in with our smoking weed and our sniffing that coke and popping them pills and fornicating and being shysty and grimy and evil and pedophilic and all that foolishness, that secret stuff that we never told nobody. We did that through willful transgression. And even with all of that. God blessed you and God saved you because you didn't even choose him. You didn't choose me. I chose you and I ordained you to bear fruit. John chapter 15. All right. So God does not, even when a person is in a place of rebellion, he doesn't allow demons to just enter them. Let me tell you something. I confront that fallacy right now. You have no, the person who says that has no biblical reference to say that. They just going by what they've seen growing up in church. There's no Bible verse for that. Oh, but what about when God allows someone to get cursed? Oh, what, where does that fit into it? I'm glad that you asked. Turn with me to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. All right. So then what does God allow? I'm going to tell you what he actually does allow, but it has nothing to do with a demon. It has everything to do with this. Where the Bible says, look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, because they did not want to retain God in their knowledge, 
He gave them over. He gave them over to a reprobate mind that they would believe a lie. This is as far as God chooses to go. Okay, okay, for, for all of my Calvinists, uh, what about God hardening Pharaoh's heart and all of that stuff? God is sovereign. If he wants to override someone's will, he can if he wanted to. You wanna know why? Because he's the ultimate lawgiver and he's omnipotent and he's God. He could do so if he wants to, but he chooses not to. Does he do so at times? Yes, he does. The Hitlers, the Osama Bin Ladens, the Pharaohs, the Neros, the Caesars, the Nebuchadnezzars. Did you catch what I just said? But not the church. Never the church. Let me say that again. God never will do that to the church or to a servant of his. But he will at times violate that law to those that are outside. But what God does invade is the per a person's mental capacity. He can darken someone's understanding and allow that mind to enter into a place of reprobate. And even with that, there's still no demons involved. Did you catch what I just said? But the primary context is very simple. The demons did not ask permission to go into people. You want to know why? Because they can't ask for permission what is not and never allowed. Heaven won't allow it. And the moment that demons violate that, let me tell you something what happens. Well, what if a demon decides to violate that? Well, they did. Ah, Genesis chapter six, for the sons of God came down and slept with the daughters of men and produce a race of giants called Nephilim, which AKA means the fallen ones whose fathers were angels and whose mothers were humanoid women. When God sees at that level of violation, he has to come down, listen, and, and wipe out the earth. The reason for Noah's flood was not the sin. It was because of the Nephilim. It was the Nephilim. That's a whole other topic for a whole other day. And what happened? When the Nephilim died, Genesis chapter 6, their spirits continue to wander the earth today called demons. Demons and fallen angels are not the same. They're not in the same category. The Bible does not say that they are the same species. The Bible says that the fallen angels right now are locked in chains until the angel of the bottomless pit opens the prison and they come out of the bottomless pit and start wrecking havoc on the earth. When God destroyed their humanoid body, which gave them legal right. This is what I'm saying. To function on the earth. This is what I'm saying. They wander the earth in dry places looking to re-inhabit human bodies made in the image of God.
descendants of Adam and Eve, those disembodied spirits of the Nephilim are demons. Did you catch it? Those are the demons looking, lusting, and trying to find a way to legally come back inside human vessels. Which is, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about demons. Watch this. Demons have not been to hell yet. No, they have not. These are disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. They're still wandering on the earth. You know how I know they haven't been there yet? Because they begged Jesus not to send them there. They begged Jesus, please don't send us there before the time. Which means they've never been there yet. But they know it's coming. And the Bible says the beast and the false prophet and every foul bird was cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. So then what, so what are all these stories about demons in hell and all? No, those beings that are brothers and sisters who go to hell and have these visions, those are not demons, those are fallen angels. Those are all the fallen angels locked in Hades. They're the ones torturing you. If you die without Christ, that's where you're going. And the fallen angels that are down there waiting to be released on the earth for a moment to wreak havoc. Oh, while you're down there, they're going to torment you until uh, they get released for a moment. And the Bible says that they wreak havoc so much that God had to shorten those days and lock them back, lock them back in the prison and then cast them into the lake of fire. Now, everything I'm telling you is not superstition. All of that can be found right here where your Sunday school thinks you're not ready for. Well, welcome to this Periscope because this ain't your Sunday school and I ain't your pastor. I believe you are ready to find out the truth. And this is all outlined in the pages of the 66 books of the Bible. And you're intelligent enough to get woke. Amen. So I end it with this. <laughs> Demons don't transfer on people when they cast out of people. Know that God won't allow it. I would tell you this. Listen to me and I'm done. Demons are legalists. If you believe that when they leave a person, they transfer on and jump around on people. Guess what? According to your faith, the devil will give it to you. You want to know why? Because the devil, Satan, Leviathan, Behemoth, Legion, unclean angels, watchers, they will give it to you according to your faith. If you believe that, they'll give it to you. If you believe that that's what happens, guess what? It will happen. Because according to your faith, so shall it be. Well, God bless you. The Lord's favor, grace, and blessing be upon all of you. All of you in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, listen. My name is Alexander Pagani. I'm the lead pastor of Amazing Church, a.k.a. He is Risen Tabernacle, located here in the South Bronx, New York City. I'm an apostle to the Lord Jesus Christ 
to the revelation of deliverance. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.